Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. So we're on this journey together. The title of this message is Groundwork. We're going to look at Luke chapter 1, verse 1 through 25. So last time we looked at kind of a quasi-introduction and history of the narrative of the Bible and the narrative of our church and the narrative of the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts, we saw that Luke is actually one of two parts. And so there's a two-part series, Luke being one, and then Luke also wrote the, the book of Acts. But interestingly enough, as we look at these two books, Luke never mentions himself. Now, from very early on, it was accredited to Luke, and it makes sense that it belonged, you know, that the book actually was written by Luke, because we know from a couple different sources, one, for instance, that in Colossians, Paul says that he's a medical doctor. And as you look through the book, in the Greek, when Luke talks about a healing or he talks about somebody's eye, he doesn't use the common word for eye or the common word for, you know, a limb. He uses the medical term that a doctor would use. And so whoever wrote the book of Luke was trained medically, it would seem. And we know that about Luke. But he doesn't mention himself. However, he does tell us when he enters the narrative in the book of Acts. We see in in Acts chapter 21, when they got to Troas and they sailed to Macedonia, he changes from the pronoun they to the pronoun we. And while they're in Philippi, he uses we. And then after they leave Philippi, and Paul, of course, left, you know, by himself. And, you know, the different people left at different times. But he doesn't ever include himself in anything until later on when they're on their way to Jerusalem. And then he comes back in in Acts 21. And then we find out in Acts 27 and towards the end of the book that he sailed to Rome with Paul and that he was Paul's companion all the way up until the end. And so that's why, or at least until the end of the book of Acts, and that's probably when Luke left Paul's company and began to compile these things that we're seeing here. Now, what's interesting is as you think about Luke being a doctor, it wasn't it wasn't meaning that you know Luke was the the rich guy who funded the trip or anything like that. In fact, he didn't probably have a Lexus chariot or anything. He he was just a a slave. And in fact, oftentimes in those days, when somebody was a doctor, it was because they were owned by a wealthy family. They saw the aptitude of their slave, and so they had them trained in medicine so that the family could have their own private physician, and that's what Luke was. Now, somewhere along the line, Luke was saved, and somewhere along the line, and we don't know who his owner was, but his owner was apparently saved as well. And so what would happen now is that this owner seeing Luke, you know, with the skills and the the calling that he had on his life would not keep him, but rather send him with Paul or send him out into the world to do this work 
that would end up being very impactful for the gospel. And so we have a Gentile slave physician who writes these two books. Now, what's kind of, you know, interesting? What, what's, what's kind of, in a way, compelling when you think about Luke being a Gentile slave writing the gospel of Luke in the book of Acts is that as you look at the, the volume of the New Testament, you know, of course, we usually attribute Paul to having the greater portion or being the greatest writer in the New Testament. However, there is controversy. Because if Paul didn't write the book of Hebrews, that means that Luke wrote most of the New Testament, which is kind of interesting, especially since he's a Gentile. Now, you have Paul, who obviously wrote more books than Luke, so he has a greater number of books, and I do believe that he wrote the book of Hebrews. However, it, just, it is kind of interesting that, that that could be the case. I just knew you wanted to know that. So let's go ahead and jump in. Luke chapter 1, verse 1 through 4, it says, Inasmuch as many have taken in hand a set in order, a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those from whom the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us. It seemed good to me also, having a perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. And so Paul and we covered this a little bit last time, but excuse me, not Paul, but Theophilus was a, a guy, you know, Luke writes to him. We know that by this title that he gives him, this isn't something you just say of anybody most excellent. It's, it's what you would say to somebody who is some sort of a dignitary or somebody who had a Roman place within the government. And so here's a, some sort of diplomat or official or something like that. Many think that he was Paul's defense lawyer and that Luke and Acts were actually written as part of Paul's case towards the defense of Christianity, kind of to prove to Caesar that Christianity is legitimate. I don't know if that's the case or not. But whatever the case is, Luke's relationship with Theophilus changes from Luke to Acts because he starts out with most excellent Theophilus, and then in Acts he says just simply, O Theophilus. And so he gives him more of a a personal type of a greeting. And so their relationship changed. It's possible that Theophilus wasn't a believer and became a believer, or maybe they were both believers and their relationship just grew. But whatever the case is. Uh, and so why, he says, there's many accounts. There's been many accounts made. And we know that there's accounts, right? We have Matthew, we have Mark, and we have John, besides Luke. And of course, we don't know if John was written before or after the book of Luke. Some say before, some say after, but it doesn't matter. We already had a couple accounts. Why another one? Why would God see fit to have Luke, this historian, not, not somebody who was an eyewitness himself, but a historian, go and compile this information for eyewitnesses so that he could write this book? Now, perhaps for Paul's defense, but beside that, there's some interesting and compelling things. Now, the early church discovered as they read through the Gospel of Matthew the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of Luke, and the Gospel of John, that each one had its own flavor. In fact, each book of the, the Gospels, the four Gospels, kind of showed Jesus in a different light. Now, of course, we know that Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the synoptic Gospels. That word synoptic is, comes from the same root as synonym. They are kind of the same. They follow the same storyline. Each has its own details and different details, but they kind of follow the same storyline, where John does not. And, and, of course, John would tell us in his Gospel that if all the things that Jesus had done and said were written in books, that 
I suppose the books would fill the whole world. That the, the world couldn't contain all the books that would be written about all that Jesus said or did. So John kind of picked highlights and stories in Jesus' life, and he wrote about those where these other guys kind of followed the same pattern. But all of them, you know, kind of start-ish with the birth, and they all end, of course, with the crucifixion and the resurrection. All of them record that. The only miracle that's recorded in all four Gospels is the feeding of the 5,000, which is interesting. But when you look at these different Gospels, you see different views, different pictures of Jesus. In the early church, saw the reflection of these Gospels in the same places they found the reflection of the four faces of the cherubim. And you remember when you see the cherubim, there, there are these weird angels with four faces on each side of their head. Kind of weird. And, and what, what, what faces were there? Well, on one side there was a lion. On the other side there was a, a man. On, the other, on another side there was an eagle. On the other side there was an ox. And, and what the early church had kind of discovered or saw is that there's four depictions there. One is, is the face of a, a servant, which is the ox. One is the face of deity, which is the eagle. One is the face of human, humanity, which is the man. And one is the face of kingship, which is the lion. And they also saw those four pictures within the Gospels. Matthew establishes Jesus the king. And you see that in the genealogy in chapter 1. It establishes that he was the rightful heir to the throne of David. And that's kind of the emphasis of that genealogy. Jesus was the son of David. He was the king. He was the one who had that rightful place to the king. And then, of course, you see in Mark, their, his genealogy of Jesus. You know, Mark picturing Jesus as the servant or slave. What kind of genealogy does a slave have? It doesn't matter, does it? And so there isn't one. And so the genealogy in Mark is that there isn't one. It doesn't matter because he's, he's pictured as a slave. And it shows Jesus' servitude throughout the book. Highlights that. And then, of course, Luke, he was a medical doctor. And when you go to the genealogy in Luke, it's in chapter 3. He doesn't go through Joseph, but rather goes through Mary. But confusingly, it says he lied the father of Joseph. Joseph, who was supposed to be the father of Jesus. And so that gets confusing, but we will cover that when we get there. It's very exciting stuff. I don't want to spoil it now. But anyway, it goes through Mary's genealogy, shows Jesus' humanity, and Luke being a medical doctor really hones in on the humanity of Jesus. And then, of course, the genealogy in the Gospel of John is what? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It shows his direct connection to deity and so that last one shows, John shows, highlights more so Jesus' deity than any of the Gospels. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.